Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon, St. Louis DJs. We're, we're <laughs> so funny. So when you do something for 24 years, you tend to get more comfortable at it. But I remember my very first show that I did. And when that light came on, I've, t- I've said this before, when the red light came on, I really honestly, before I said anything, I thought, I could just run. Like, there's no one here big enough or fast enough to really stop me. Like, I was just so terrified. And just now, the music went on, and Amy brought up a topic, and we just sat here and talked about it for, like, two minutes while the music is running. Uh-huh. And I could tell Rach is nervous. I'm just like, so anyway, that's the way that that works. And I'm like, oh, I guess I should do my show now. Uh-huh. I guess Ron says that I do that. Like, within, like... Two seconds, right when the red light's about to go Oh, you on. take a bite yes. of food. I'll, well, yeah. no, not that. It's the I'll most ask, annoying thing you guys I'll do. ask a very existential question. <laughs> like, are you, do you, if you sat down in a quiet room, are you happy? And then we, <laughs> 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 the button, we're on. <laughs> that quiet room thing. I had heard this before, but I keep getting TikToks on it for some reason. But the quietest room in the world, you familiar with this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I read about that. It's oh, my gosh. insane. So I don't know the decibels, but... This room is minus 20 decibels, mm-hmm. minus 20. And evidently, this doesn't make any sense to me, but it's so soundproof that if you're in there and you're like, blow a saxophone, you won't hear it. And so there's an open invitation. Uh, it's $5 million if you can stay an hour, I think it is. And most people make it less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. And you can literally hear your bones Rubbing together. And your heart. And your heart. That's what I heard, yeah. Uh, So you can't hear, obviously, anything outside your body. It's definitely silent. and uh, But you can hear all of the inner workings. You can literally hear the blood going through your veins. And I guess it just makes people insane. It's been a long time since I've read about that room because a a reporter went there. But is there a button that you push if you want to get out, if you're yeah. going to lose your mind. Yeah. Or don't, yeah. or maybe just leave, like open the door and leave. Could be. Could be I that. mean, they have to lock you in, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I didn't know if there was a seal or something. Maybe you just unseal it. it. Well, the I room's not dark. It's just you can't hear anything, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, it's not like a deprivation thing. All right. Because okay. I think about, you know, Amy and I have a similar fear about um, going to prison. Mm-hmm. Wrongfully <laughs> convicted of a crime yeah, going to prison. So I think about. Where, where did this start? I don't know. I honestly like don't know. Just probably, kid. probably watching a bunch of stuff where people mm-hmm. do go to jail for something they didn't do. Yeah. And thinking, that could happen off. to me. 
Well, and then knowing the that, that I feel guilty all the time, all the time. about everything. So yeah. if, like, literally someone were murdered and they say, Amy, did you murder him? I would look guilty. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, where? Like, what if I accidentally murdered him and I don't remember? Well, like, I- so when I watch Shawshank, and yeah. I watch it every time it's on, um, like everybody else does, when when he's in the hole, you know, when he's in solitary, and they put him there for, what, a month or two months or something, I think, okay, would I go insane? Could I handle this? Like, how long could I handle solitary confinement? I just saw a thing about a guy who I want to say it was 19 years. Mm. Uh, Maybe Google that, Wheels. But he filed a lawsuit, and he was in solitary for uh, right around 20 years, plus or minus. And that's, I think, a record for the most anyone's ever done. Because that's, I mean, that's cruel and unusual to have extended period of time in solitary confinement. Yeah. We weren't wired for that. I know the name, Mr. Beast, but I since I'm not much online, I don't know who the guy the YouTube is. YouTube guy. But uh, again, on a TikTok, I saw that he did a solitary confinement in a, a padded room for seven days <sighs> and recorded the whole thing, and it looked pretty bad. Yeah, it looked mm. really bad. Oh, yeah. he 27 years. 27 oh years. Wow. Dennis Hope. And so all of that escaped, in solitary? He escaped yeah. from a maximum security prison in 1994. And they just threw him in solitary until a legal challenge. So he was released from that in 2022. Am I the only person? Okay, this is my version of your being afraid of going to prison. Uh, If someone escapes from prison, I don't want them coming to my home. Right, they're not a hero, but I'm always like, "Good for you." Yeah. <laughs> like, I never have, I never have, to the man. I never have bad feelings. It's like it. it is possible. <laughs> I always think about uh, houses by prisons, and and would you go to one of those, or would you want to be close to the prison, or would you, you know, would you try yeah. to get as far away from say, it as I think possible? You got to go far away. Yeah. Right? So I, I almost feel like the 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 houses next to the prison are the safest. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Your car might not be though. No, no. If they get hot wired in your car, yeah. I will say there's a certain amount of resourcefulness, ingenuity, and perseverance that it takes to get out of prison because I couldn't, we're not locked in this building. I couldn't sneak out of KMOX for a million dollars. I would be seen. I would be, I don't know what would happen. I'd be caught on video. Something would happen. I could not sneak out. The fact that you can sneak out of prison, I, again, these guys probably committed something, some terrible crime. Need to go Gotta back hand to it prison. Got to hand it to them. Got to hand it to them. I was the hero. So, are you saying that if you are uh, if you are resourceful enough to escape from prison, they should just let you go? Depends on like the crime. like the bear, the bear. In, in in the zoo. Ben. Ben the bear. Ben the bear. He escaped twice. They, he gets to be. He gets to choose where he lives. Can I do a deep dive into your psychological profile? <laughs> <laughs> since, since you opened it up, yeah. you are probably the smartest, most attractive person I know who has the lowest self esteem, <laughs> which you talk about all the time. I mean, what are you absolutely confident about? Here's the weirdest thing: How can you have? Low self-esteem, but also feel like you're better than everyone else. Dude, she has that ladder thing. Like, the, whatever you're talking about, I don't get that. Okay. It's she's, called she's more personality no, no. disorder. Is, is, is she fooling us? No, I laugh about that because my friend, and I think there are a lot of girls out there who will get this, especially if you're a single woman and you've been on a dating app. You can be very aware of all your shortcomings and yet think that you're better than everyone yep. on the dating app. That's a real thing. Any people listening know that's not arrogant. They totally get it. So it's, life's like a dating app. It's one of those things. You. No, I'm not better than everyone. Do people with have... low self-esteem constantly judge others? Because, Probably. Because that's what you do. You would know. What are you talking about? I have knives out already today. You're constantly judging people. You have the Quietly. highest self-esteem. Did you guys talk over the break? 
Did we talk? Yeah, did you text? That means no. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> you <laughs> have get the it all out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like we're, we're, we're like watching a private moment here. <laughs> <laughs> we Amy, haven't seen each other in like two weeks. No. Yeah. no, don't you think, though, it's like the more you know, the more you know you don't know. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like you can have confidence, but then realize all of your shortcomings. I feel like I walk around with a bat. Like I could, I know I can do certain things, but I have a basket of shortcomings that are like hanging in front of me yeah, as I, I walk through life. Like you see all your shortcomings all the time. It doesn't mean you can't do anything. Yeah. You're just very aware of everywhere that you fall short. I- I'm like that. Like I, and this is not being self-deprecating. I really feel this way. Everything I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And there are things. I feel like it's the equivalent of the kid that could turn their eyelids inside out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like this is useful. Like, I, like, I pop, like the kid can pop his shoulder out. It's not a great accomplishment. You just have to be able to do that. But everybody's like, whoa. Yeah. But that's what someone's like, oh, you went to law school? I'm like, oh, yeah, watch me pop my shoulder out. Like, <laughs> because it kind of makes you realize when you accomplish something or you are relatively good at it, you probably had to work hard to get there. And it makes you appreciate just how good the really good people are. I yeah. work really hard at running. I'm not a pro. I'm a serious rec- 40-year-old recreational runner. And I think of how hard I work, and it makes you realize, like, I'm nothing compared to really good runners. So I think it's whenever you work on something, you that realize. That is a perfect segue into my first topic. Have you guys seen the ruling by USA Boxing? No. Mm-mm. That uh, transgender men can now compete against females. And I actually took a screenshot of this today. Uh, it was on the television. They were doing it on Fox News. You'll never guess what side they were on. Um, okay. USA Boxing eligibility requirements. Uh, you must have completed gender reassignment surgery, uh, quarterly hormone testing for a minimum of four years after the surgery, and your total testosterone level must remain at. And what I'm guessing is that number is what the average testosterone level is for a female. Uh, because, you know, doing the testosterone pellets and stuff, I know that, you know, females have testosterone, get testosterone. But, yeah, basically, if you have transitioned, it's not just if Ronji or I said, I identify, you have mm-hmm. to transition. But once you have, you can box legally uh, for USA Boxing. Thoughts? Hmm. Well, I mean, well, I'll just jump in, like, with sport and science. And scientifically know that the biological male body will always have advantages when it comes to feats of strength and power. It's just science. So this ruling where you have to have transitioned, which is a much further step than a lot of other sports where you just have to identify. That is a much further step, which I guess you could say is um, more respectable in that sense of like, okay, well, you fully transitioned. However, depending on the age, you still can't deny that the male puberty and the growth of bones and muscles yeah. will be advantageous to a male, a biological male body. It's just science. So they will have the, they will have the benefits and the, fi- the biological advantages of male puberty. Someone uh, on that panel today actually made a pretty good point uh, where the guy said that his wife is a D1 athlete and she's very apolitical. But when it comes to this, she she gets her cage rattled. Yeah. And she makes the point that uh, you can't take steroids, you can't take growth hormone, uh, but you can be a biologic male that transitioned. And like you were saying, Amy, uh, sometimes it's it's just the body structure. You know, it's very rare for a female to have like the wingspan for swimmers and, and things like that. Uh, there are going to be advantages. And 
a lot of people don't want uh, transgender people competing in track or swimming, but in a combat sport where the the uh, the way you win is to incapacitate someone mm-hmm. that feels a little different. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm in the agreement. I'm in agreement with Amy and with you. I think that I need it to be scientifically proven that er, there is no advantage before I'm okay with it. Like if you can say we've done this research and after this time these two humans have the same muscle density, bone density. All right, but that we don't have um, to, that I'm aware of because it would be contrary to all the science that we know. Right, which right, is right. Male puberty so if, is different. If we were going to dis- establish that. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be more likely to be like okay fine it's a fair fight. Does it change anything for you guys? And I think this is an, an interesting question that boxing is a, all about weight class. So you're not gonna find the Leah Thomas good point example where a six foot five person transitions and then is competing against people that don't have the advantage in the pool. Length matters in the pool. Long arms, long legs, slender build matters in the pool. In boxing, reach would matter, but it's not going to be that big if you're roughly the same weight because it would be unlikely that somebody 6'2 would weigh the same as somebody 5'4. But then it would come down to bone density. Well, this is my point. They won't weigh the same, though. Right? That person wouldn't – your weight will be affected by that. You will be fighting people at your weight – but the percentage is different. You know what I mean? No, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Body yeah, fat, yeah. like 115-pound man, 150-pound woman, there's going to be body fat, bone density differences. That's what I want to know. Like, I want to know that's equal or so close what, because there there are differences. What I'm hearing, though, is for both of you, it's not a political issue. No, it not is, to me. It's a science issue. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think the way to have the conversation, it has to be a science issue. That's just – and we have gone we, – we, it is a science issue. I mean – Sports is science. How many times have we heard that? Everything is science down to, like, if you have this percentage of dehydration, that's why we're going to give you this drop of an electrolyte. Like, everything matters. Um, Even with training, when people dope, for instance, like in (laughs) marathoners, it's not just doping for race day. It's doping so that you can take steroids and recover from a 20-mile workout and do a 20-mile workout the next day. Again, biologically, uh, and, you know, I think every, all of our listeners know how female male bodies work. I'm on a running team. I'm the only female on the team. I'm the only one who adjusts workouts because I have a period. Like, that's a big deal. That week of training is sometimes lost. Not that I'm not running, but I have to adjust my workouts. Everyone talks about Michael Jordan's flu game. What if you had a flu game every month for seven days? Or we talk about the contracts that Shohei Otani signed. What if we said, Shohei, here's the deal. You can have a $700 million contract for 10 years. Yeah. Or you can have a family because you can't have both because those are your fertile years. Yeah. Those are the years where you can have kids. Rachel, talk to Mike here from Collinsville. Mike, thanks for calling in. Go right ahead. Well, I was just going to say, how how many people are affected by this? I mean, is it like one in a million, two in a million? I mean, this can't be very uh, prevalent, I wouldn't think. It's fair point. Yeah, it's this fair is, point. Uh, Mike is where I'm at on it. When I hear transgender and sports issues, like I just... I'm I'm trying to care, but I don't. Well, but here, I just I... I just don't. And and the reason I maybe it's selfish. Maybe it's because I don't watch any of the sports that are affected. Here's the thing. I don't. Maybe that's it. It's, I just don't. I know what you mean by it's, it's like okay. How many people does it affect? <laughs> a mediocre male body can beat the best female bodies in a lot of sports. It only takes one to mm-hmm. become the fastest female in this state. It takes one. You need one, and then all the records are broken. The yeah. race is you're not going to win a race. That's my point. 
It only yeah, takes do, one mediocre I agree. I, like, I agree with Mike. Even on things like book banning uh, or, uh, you know, they're indoctrinating kids to become gay. I have the same thought as Mike. Like, how often is this really, really happening? I think right, the right. amount of as attention. As opposed to, yes. but, but you make a good Amy point. Makes, what yeah. if the next heavy, heavyweight champion uh, in female boxing, which I didn't, I couldn't tell you anyone. Do you I guys, couldn't name one female boxer, but what if they. Do you know the name Fallon Fox? No. Uh, maybe we'll hit that when we come back. But Fallon Fox is a transgender MMA fighter who has fought women, like biological women. And their testimony, the women that, that, that Fallon Fox fought, is interesting. 125 DGS. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, we're talking about the ruling by USA Boxing, which I guess is amateur boxing, Olympic boxing, right? Is yes. that what USA yeah, Boxing it, is? It's, yeah, it's, it's amateur. That uh, they have criteria, but basically, if you are a transgender person, you have had uh, uh, sex reassignment surgery, you've done the hormones, and you test at a low enough testosterone level, you can compete in boxing in the women's division. And we're just dis- discussing this. Uh, Amy is a true athlete. Uh, most of us played some sort of level, uh, but uh, you were talking about an MMA fighter. Yeah, yeah. So this is a, this is from uh, the stories from 2021, but. I mean, this Fallon Fox uh, is a transgender female that fought in name. MMA, and she fought a woman named Tamika Brents. And Tamika Brents ended that fight with a fractured skull. And then after the fight, this is what now again, it's anecdotal. I'm not saying this is scientific. I'm saying this is the testimony of a, a woman who a, a biological woman who fought in an MMA MMA match against a transgender woman. So again, MMA, like every other combat sport, is based on weight class, right? You're not fighting someone that's 50 pounds heavier than you. And this is what Tamika Brent said. She said, I fought a lot of women and have never felt the strength that I felt in a fight that I did that night. She said, I can't answer whether it's because she was born a man or not because I'm not a doctor. I can only say I've never felt so overpowered in my life. And I'm an abnormally strong female in my own right. And went on to describe like grip strength and just the ability to grapple. She felt like she couldn't do anything that she normally could. Now, there are people who are of the same, you know, I don't even know how to call it, birth sex. I mean, I don't know if that's the right term. But there are, like that happens, like women against women, biological women against biological women, biological men against biological men, where one just overpowers the other. So that's not proof. It's anecdotal, but there were a lot of other women in MMA. There were a lot of other women in MMA who said the same thing. Rach, what do you think? I don't know. It's tough because I get everything you guys are saying, but, you know, Kevin just brought up the point that there are just differences between cisgender women. There are some, I'm looking at, uh, I'm sorry, I was just thinking of like the WNBA and like how tall those women are and how much bigger they, like, as opposed to like Amy or something. So that does still naturally occur. Um, I don't think it's like every case where it's like someone's bigger or more powerful. It's because of this issue. Like you're just going to run into that naturally too. So it's really hard to know the answer. I know that all my politics go out the window when I think about Phoebe boxing a transgender woman. It just does. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You guys know the story about the quarterbacky comments? Yeah. Uh, quarterback-y? About Lamar Jackson? Yeah, yeah. you want to roll that out for us? <clears throat> um, so I don't know who the commentator was. I forgot her name, but she was on... Is it ESPN? I think Kevin? so. Yeah, was it Molly Kiram? I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure about that. Oh, I, no, you know what? I think it was on Fox. So there's there's this... Uh, Molly just had a chill go up her spine somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know who it was. I think it was Fox Sports. You might be right. Anyway, the conversation was about the MVP in the NFL this year. And there is this traditional, conventional wisdom that in order to be a good quarterback in the NFL, especially the NFL... You have to be what's called a pocket passer. Joe Montana. Yeah, you got to stay in the pocket. You can't run. And if you're one of those running quarterbacks, and you're probably not good enough to win a Super Bowl. And so the connotation is that most of the quarterbacks that have that ability, Lamar Jackson, Michael, Michael Vick, Vick. Oh, it Justin, was on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. Justin Fields. Um, they're all black quarterbacks. And she made the comment that she wants her MVP or her uh, quarterback to be more quarterbacky, And that was the word she used. So I think, it, and the debate has been, why do we treat quarterbacks like that, who typically are black, different, like they're not good enough to win because they can run? And, and sometimes that conversation is, I, I think it's silly, because you can win like that, but there's this... There's this feeling that in order, and I think the undertone is for a lot of people who are watching, that it is, you've got to be the traditional white, stay-in-the-pocket quarterback who knows how to throw. And that's the only way you can win. The story I read, because I didn't know any of this, the story I read this morning said that black Twitter, their term, not mine, had never engaged on a story like they did. LeBron James and lots of Mm -hmm. African-American professional athletes just said, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, a lot of football players did, especially. I forget who it was. But By the way, white and black and Hispanic, like it was it was everybody saying, wait a minute. Because one of the comments was, like, quarterbacky. Quarterbacky is about winning games and right. putting up touchdowns. And you look at his touchdown total, he's quarterbacky. You know, like, and and, and her name is uh, is Boyanos, uh, Monse Boyanos. And I think that's how you say her friend. It might be Mons, but I, her last name is, is Boyanos. And... I don't understand like I the 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 problem with this is the overwhelming historical evidence backs up this quarterbacky thing but only because for so long yeah. there just haven't been any play, but right but players that are like Lamar Jackson 25 30 years ago would get moved to another position and that's that's it yeah that's the issue is that the, I, I forgot which player it was um oh it's um 
one of the college players who had Bill O'Brien, remember, tell him that, oh, you oh, should no, be a was, receiver. It was uh, the quarterback from Alabama, Jalen Milrow. Yeah. Yeah. Who is really good. And he was told by a coach who was coached in the NFL and coaches in college that uh, he should be moved to a different position. And what what the black athletes are saying is, how come you only say that about us? Why do you only say we need to be moved to a new position? How come the black quarterback has to be moved to a new position when they might have just as good a skill set and probably better because a, a lot of the quarterbacks we're talking about can run. Lamar Jackson is unbelievable. Justin Fields is unbelievable in that regard. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes can run a little bit. They, The ones who have done it so far, and it's not to say that any white quarterbacks can't do it, but the ones who have done it so far have been black. Why is that a, what they're saying is, why is that a bad thing? Yeah. And why are you saying we're lesser of of the player of the position because we can run too? Like that doesn't, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. I mean, and they're right to be pissed about that. Yeah. If you go back, like Fran Tarkenton was a running quarterback. You know, I mean, he, he, that was one of the things he was known for. He's a great passer, but he was known for being able to escape trouble and turn negative into positive. Steve Young was a great running quarterback. Um, and I, and again, for people that don't know the history, obviously Tarkenton didn't win a Super Bowl, but Steve Young won a couple. Yeah. And this, I, I think there is still amongst people that follow football, there are still people that cannot get past the past. The traditional way right. of doing it. Well, right. there's a new way to do it now. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more prominent because coaches are not as stuck in the mud as they used to be. Right? Colleges have been really good at using a player's whole talent set. And that's why a guy like Lamar Jackson can make it in the NFL because offenses are now being built around that. It used to be we would force the square peg into the round hole. But people don't remember that Randall Cunningham was all of that and more. Mm-hmm. He didn't win a Super Bowl, but he was damn good. And the reason they didn't win a Super Bowl was the team wasn't good enough. He could have. Yeah. But that that's what becomes the argument is that these guys can't win a Super Bowl because they play like that. Well, that's not true. They absolutely Lamar Jackson could win a Super Bowl yeah. very easily. Absolutely. And he's been in that picture. The you know, the, the only one, the, the valid concern about any running quarterback is just injury because you're going to get hit more if you run more. But that's it. And even that is statistically not a provable, tangible argument because the pocket guys blow out. They, Tom, get, they Tom, get hit hard. Yeah, Tom Brady blew out his knee getting hit. I mean, like, it's yeah. not like it's the only those guys that get hit. So let me ask you this question, if it's related at all to the type of... Um, play that we're seeing with quarterbacks, not related to the quarterbacky question, just talking about quarterbacks in general. I saw, and I don't remember if it was the AFC or the NFC, they said, here were the, here were the starting quarterbacks for week one. So here are the starting quarterbacks for week 17. I think there were only three mm-hmm. that were still the same. Is that normal? No, this has been an extraordinary so a, year for quarterback injuries. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Does that have to do with the game just getting bigger faster? Or it, I, I, Right now, it's just random. I mean, if it were to continue for a number of years, maybe. But, I mean, th- I don't remember a year like this. A lot of people believe that injuries, and I don't know if there's data to uh, to support it, but a lot of people believe that the th- there aren't as many practice games anymore. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, and yeah. the guys are getting hurt in the, in the early part of the year because they haven't had enough practice games. And, and practices are more limited. Like, you don't right. endure contact in practice. So the first time you get hit is week one of the regular season, and you don't get used to it. And that's what a lot of the old-time players are saying, is like yeah. you're seeing offensive line injuries as well as quarterback injuries, in part because uh, you're not doing the same things in camp to get ready physically, to get your body ready for football contact. Related and, question. Yeah. 
for some reason on my TikTok, I'm getting lots of Magnus playing chess. Yeah. Magnus. Magnus. Carlson. Carlson. Oh. Like the best chess player in the world. Um, could I take a single pawn? Yeah. He'd probably let you. <laughs> you think so? No. I, I, like, for, here's, what, here's my fantasy. Because I played chess, but never more than like, hey, won't play chess. Uh, so I know which way the horse moves. Uh, <laughs> That's if, what it's all about. If you told Magnus, look, this guy, he's been living in a cave. And he is a chess savant. If you got in his head, because everything I'm going to do will make no sense. You know, mm-hmm. like when I watch, and I watch these these videos sometimes. I don't know why, but it'll be like, oh, it's the Singapore uh, aggression. And like, <laughs> like they know immediately, the like, oh, the rook went to L seven. Yeah. No, this is a real thing in like strategy competition. Oh, you I can, forgot who I'm talking to. Yeah, you can beat the you can beat the meta as it is. You can beat the. Uh, those plays by just playing something completely rogue, completely different, by just, like, going by, oh, I bet if I do this, then I can knock this guy out over here, and not going by the Singapore aggression. That's actually how Magnus ascended in the chess world, because they call him the Mozart of chess. He beat, um, and I forgot his name, he was the reigning chess champion, he was from India. They called Bobby him Fisher. The, no, they <laughs> called him the computer, because he was so technically correct and had like this repertoire that no one else could compete with until Magnus came and would throw him off his game because he would make a move that the computer wouldn't make. Is this about the beads? No, no. By the way, that was such a big story for us last year. Was Magnus the one accusing someone of having the beads? Not of the beads, but of cheating. Yeah. Yeah. And then online. Other people came up with the theory. Just online. So, and we talked about this a little bit real quick about the beads that became, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Did an episode about that. They oh, they, they that. incorporated it into <laughs> an episode. This, oh yeah. Okay, that's like escaping from prison. I kind of feel like if you're able to not make a face, and- <laughs> you heard the victory. <laughs> yeah. They put in the work. Yeah. Have you have you guys ever seen the? Uh, the and he's like, I could totally not make a face. <laughs> a lot harder than playing chess. Do you ever get? Right. <laughs> Wait, you're gonna put that where? Competition. <laughs> Do you ever get the the videos, Dave, on TikTok or anybody where some rando walks into a gym and wants to challenge a yes. boxer? Yes, that's what would happen. Yeah, the, because they're you're they're, they they you. I think you'd take a piece. I mean, like anybody would eventually do that because it's set up that way. But they would look at it like the boxer looks at that rando coming into the boxing gym. Like, okay, dude, go ahead, take some shots, because I know you can't do what you that need to do. That just happened. Uh, I think this was on Drudge, actually. It's a Division One female uh, track runner, and she does the 400 and the 800, which, as a former college track runner, I can tell you, are those are the studs. Yeah. Uh, and her boyfriend's friend, just a guy, <laughs> said, there's no way you can beat me. <laughs> he broke up. Yeah. <laughs> And so she kind of drugged him around for 200 oh. yards, and then she smoked yeah. him. Yeah. But I get mad at that because everyone's making it like a big deal. And I'm like, dude, like any college athlete, male or female, if a rando walks in mm-hmm. and says, oh, I could wrestle you. Like, no. Like a, a good friend of mine, Rob Malazzo. I haven't seen Rob for 30 years, but he was like 119, really good wrestler. His dad was the coach. And I was probably 174, not a wrestler. 
And we used to wrestle pretty straight up, although he would beat me. But you know what I'm saying? It's like athlete to athlete, but you have the training, you have the skills, as opposed to just being a pretty good natural athlete. Is Brian Scalabrini who uh, people, because he was a big, tall, white, dopey looking redhead. redhead. And so people were constantly messaging him, challenging him to, you know, one-on-one. And so he eventually tweeted out, and this was like 10 years ago, he goes, listen, if you are white and not in the NBA, you have no chance against me. <laughs> and but people I are find constantly that so fascinating. Doing, yeah, I really do. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's different. I mean, like, did you guys? I know mean, it's a crazy movie, but you remember in Jackass when Bam fought the the <laughs> woman fighter and she beat the living crap out of him, even though he was bigger and stronger, but I she had the it. skill and he had no fighting abilities whatsoever. Like, why would you think you could challenge someone? It's one thing if you do that thing. Like you train for like, you know, if you train as a runner and you want to run against somebody, but if you're just a rando, how could you dare tra- challenge someone that does it for real? It's the Singapore aggression. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. That no is not defense. what I thought that was. <laughs> I did not think that was a chess move. 152 DGS on KMOX. Uh, Rachel and I were having this discussion in the office today that uh, I, I think I think I'm right about this. One of the reasons for my success and longevity is that I show my underbelly and I've been pretty honest about, you know, mental illnesses and foilables and things like that. And uh, I'd like to do that for you now. Uh, <laughs> the the Gelman team, Mark and Neil, uh, who I was just texting with, uh, they four or five times a year will send two gigantic wedding cake size cakes. The biggest cakes I've ever biggest seen. Biggest cakes I've ever yeah. seen what did at you call a them place brunch? of business. Big ass cakes? No, that was Sean no, Malone. It was either big ass cakes or big ass cakes. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. Because one of those was his nickname in high school. <laughs> Ronchies. Hey. Oh, I, I've, I've been trying to figure out what about Sean Malone. Yeah. Why you never call him big ass cake? <laughs> we don't know that it's not his, his name. Well, you it know? is now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up? Man? We just screwed him over. Um, but anyway. Uh, Reardon and I are the only two talent in the building that I know of that do lives for Gilman. So they send them thanking us, and it drives me crazy that I don't get the credit for it. Like, I want the cake oh, to yeah. say, thanks, Dave, so that everyone goes like, Dave, is this your cake? It's delicious. And it, we have a security guard out there because, I don't know, someone's threatening to kill somebody. And uh, he's like, uh, he's like, hey, you got some cakes. And I told him, I'm like, oh, it's from my client, the Gelmans. Like, he has any idea, first of all, who I am. He has no idea. Uh, or the Gelwins. <laughs> but now he just knows I'm real thirsty. Mice. Dave's writing, Mice. Dave's writing his name and with his finger in the ice. Dave. <laughs> Dave. You, should keep, you should keep one of those little um, tubes of icing with like the there decorative dip tip. Yeah. And then you, every time there's a cake delivered, you can right. write or, Dave. Or, because it says thanks for your partnership. Get the candy I letters just, that just we go, can buy at the store. Mm, Dave. The little, yeah. uh, the little the candy letters, up, right? Yeah. Squeeze it in between. So put them on there. It, are you saying Reardon's taking credit for all these? Cakes? No, 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 no. 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 There's just okay. there's just no names at all. You just yeah, you want no there to be your name on it, and I just okay. want the cake eaters to. He <laughs> <laughs> wants everyone cake. to know why there's cake. Yes, yes. all and Reardon feels the same it's, way. It's one of my character, one of my main <laughs> <Yeah>. character. <laughs> well, <films. laughs> 
Yeah, you want the peasants to know but why they're, they're eating well. Cakes. <laughs> they really are. That's a lot of cake. They stand out. Dave's like, say my name. The funny thing is, is we walked out there and we see the two big cakes and Dave's like, oh, these must be my cakes. And the security guard who's 10 feet tall goes, those are big cakes. I'm like, damn darn tootin' they are. <laughs> yeah, it's not like there's not room for your name. Right. Yeah, right. you're right. There's space. You have a life-size picture of my face. <laughs> Does it gross you out that those cakes will be there for like six? We'll oh. keep eating oh, on those things. Until next it. week. Don't Until like, yeah, this Amy time next still, week. But I'll, I'll tell you what it does. Like, when you're in radio, you get used to gross stuff. And you get used to the food thing, right? Uh, but we will ha- we will have like office meetings off campus for breakfast and they'll bring it back so you have bacon and eggs uh, and I eat stuff off the floor, so I'm not re- super discerning. <laughs> but they'll pull it out like the second and even the third day. Oh, after. yeah, that's gross. Like it's already traveled. It's yeah. already traveled more yeah. than I have today. Yeah. So like three-day eggs. Mm. Yeah, 48-hour-old 40, scrambled ah, eggs. Eggs last. I don't yeah. think they do. I mean, maybe I they Sean Big Ass Cake Malone will eat that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 